Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings, Luke, Jay, Rachel and Jane. Uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. I, I look at myself as just the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, oh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago. Um, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer. And I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema. Welcome, episode six. I'm Luke. I'm here with my brother, Lee. Okay. How are you? I'm fantastic today. You're fantastic. You do sound quite chipper. We've had such mm. um, we've had interesting conversations on the way in this morning, talking about purpose and culture and good leadership and what it looks like in an organisation. Yeah, you've been quite. Yeah, you're definitely on top of your game. It's easy to you know talk about those things in that manner when you're not working because <laughs> yeah. I'm not responsible for anything. So. Yeah. When you're not the person about to go right into now, an executive I'm, media shit. Uh, yeah, right now I'm an expert. Meeting so, after this. Um, yeah. Yeah, when I start working again, yeah, I might shrivel back into my shell a little bit, <laughs> be more right. reserved. No, it's new you, mate. Yeah. New, new hair, new you. Yes. Everything. How are you feeling? How's your week been? We've got one week to go after this, right? Yeah, finish next Wednesday. Week has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple of sessions where I haven't been. I'm normally on LA5, which is the machine that um, I uh, use for radiotherapy. Okay. The machines need to be, uh, and I don't know how often, but need to be serviced, obviously. So mm. mine last week or over the last week had to have some work done to it. So I then got shifted to another machine and I've had a couple of crazy times. And um, in terms of times that I've been allocated for treatment. Oh, I thought you meant it got crazy or something. I thought like Just LA5 crazy, yeah. was like the one that was yeah. like cool, yeah. calm, collected. And yeah, all like, sudden, yeah. I went into LA6 and they just, I got a martini when I walked in there. And I love it. No, it's so it, bougie. So it's LA. a completely different area. And um, and for me, it kind of highlights, and this is nothing against the, the people that have been treating me on a couple of occasions over the last week. They're a little more refined, refined, withdrawn. Two very different refined. Words. Yes, <laughs> sounds like they're, refined. They're, refined, they're wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, like, how do you do a Mr. Drinking White a fine, <laughs> drinking a fine whiskey just as they roll into. Um, very different feel. Yeah. No, they've um, they're a little more withdrawn and and sort of made me reflect a little bit um, on. It sounds funny, but. I've been used to that one room that I've had treatment in, so you kind mm. of grow attached to it um, in a way, which is sounds it, so. It's different funny. staff or same staff? Different staff, okay, um, and a different room. And <clears throat> for me, part of the process of going through radiotherapy is I go in with the mindset of I need to make this experience enjoyable, mm. and it sounds odd, but I need to make it enjoyable. How do I do that? When I get there, I greet the ladies that treat me, um, and I, every now and then there's uh, there might be a male um, doctor, nurse treating at that stage. But generally, I've had um, women in that space, and they've just been really nice, honest, hum- like just good humans, really, really mm. good people. Mm. So you get there and you feel 
you feel good immediately and it's a quick conversation about what you do on the weekend, how the kids, did you watch football um, and so forth. So the other night when I popped in for treatment, they were like, oh, you, you're watching the footy tonight? And I'm like, I will be if you guys hurry up. So <laughs> let's get a wriggle on and I'll get back there. So so it was, I've, I've had to change to the, a different room and um, it's just made me reflect on the individuals that have been doing the majority of my treatment and just how good mm. they are. And I guess that happens in every organisation. You get standouts and then you get people that are just good. They're good at their jobs. Mm. And then you get people that are just exceptional. And I think the ladies that I've had for me have been exceptional. So The the ladies working there, the nurses who are, are working there, are they like, how did they land in that job? Like, are they are they just general hospital staff? Do they, like, I wonder, uh, like, are they trained specifically in that area? I don't You think you get to work in oncology in general. Um, it's a specific area and, and it's quite, uh, my sister works in oncology. So my sister Jane oh, works so in oncology. Need to get her on here to have a conversation. Yeah. And it's people, I guess it's people that want to, um, like they're trained in that specific space, specifically right? which you'd hope for, but I just didn't know. Cause when you say you're dealing with these, these ladies, they're not just the, the these nurses sitting on the desk, right? No. Like they're taking you in, they use, they're yes. operating the machine there. Yep. So it's the whole thing. So obviously they're trained in that. They, they, they yeah. set the machine up. So yeah, they, right. okay. they put you in position. Well, is, they make it? sure that everything is, you know, at the right angle, that it's targeted, that all that sort of stuff. And, um, and they also, uh, I guess, set the tone for your session. So, um, in the manner in which they greet you and speak to you and uh, and how they make you feel and how they engage with you. Mm. And for me, that's been the, I guess why it's passed so quickly, the treatment is that in a weird way, I actually look forward to it and I'm kind of going to miss them when I stop radiotherapy because I, I quite like the little chats that we have when I no, get you in You can there. add them on Facebook. Get them to follow on Insta. They can see it that way. <laughs> you know what I'm like on Facebook. I'm terrible. I, I couldn't find myself on Facebook. <laughs> this is else. true, actually. Um, with, uh, so Jane works in that space. Mm-hmm. Ah, let's get her on here. Jane, if you're listening, I think you need to come on and have a conversation. Um, that'd be good to kind of understand a little bit more. But... Right. So today, so you, so you're doing well. You said you've had a few changes for um, uh, your space, and and you've kind of felt that shifts things up a little bit for you, not being in the same room or being in the same. It's machine. a different energy. It's, just different it's a different energy. It's like going from uh, your bedroom to an Airbnb, and you get there and go, uh, yeah, it's not quite what I what I'd I expected. thought. Okay. Um, did that have then impacts on? So I guess what I'm getting to is how does how did that impact you mentally? Did it impact you? Was it just a little bit of a oh this is weird? I'm aware of that, but we get on with it. Um, it's probably more of a positive influence because it forces you to reflect on the really good experience. Mm. Not that the few experiences I've had on the other machine have been negative in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, right. They've been really good people, and the, and the treatment has been smooth and they ask good questions and so forth um but it forces you to reflect and go geez i've 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 been really lucky with the group that i've had Mm. um i appreciated them before i appreciate them a hell of a lot more now Mm. um and i'm just trying to work out what gift i'm going to give them um just to say thanks so they work late nights so i dare say it's probably going to be something filled with sugar yeah, um, chocolates of some sorts. Yeah, that'll keep them, 
keep him happy. But I oh, want him. I want to do something boy. for him. You need a bit of Hague's chocolate sent up or something like that. Yeah, it's just a few giant peppermint frogs. <laughs> yeah, good are they? What are the um, greatest chocolate? Those little ever. apricot chalk balls or whatever they are. Um, no, that's fruit chocks. Fruit chocks. Different company. Oh, but they're South so Australian, good. amazing. <laughs> yeah, so good. But nothing beats a Hague's peppermint frog. <laughs> this is very true. Ask, ask Sam Thiday. Yes, he mm. does love a good peppermint frog. Today's going to be a little bit different. And we know today's going to be a bit different because you've done a bit of prep for this today. I feel like I'm the one who's about to go through and experience something today. But music, we wanted to dive down the space of music. You've spoken about music a lot. You've kind of, you've spoken about how you've gone into your treatments. They, they have this playlist and we're also talking about let's build out your own little playlist. But you've you've got your little book in here today. I yeah, if see. anybody, obviously you can't view this because it's a podcast. But, I, um, I might even try and take a little photo. And, when know, Luke's on there. pumping my tires up and saying that um, I've, Put preparation into this. Um, this is the preparation. Hang on, let me get a photo of that one. That occurred this awesome. morning at six fifteen, whilst I was feeding my son, um, feeding him, just putting his fourth breakfast on the plate this morning for Jack Henry before he goes off to daycare and then has his fifth fifth breakfast at, uh, <laughs> He's a at unit. nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> he is a unit. <clears throat> just to remind people, tell us your process. You're laying in there. You hear a couple of good tunes. The process for me normally is going greet the ladies, hi, how are you, what's happened, and so forth. Quick check in, lay down on the bed, date of birth, name, what are we treating, etc. Just to make sure that you know um, they haven't got someone in there that's getting radiotherapy on their brain when it actually should be on their leg. Mm. Um, and and then they will ask you, um, do you want a particular song? And I throughout have been no, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to manufacture this. I want to. I want to see what you've what you deliver. What are you what are you giving up? What thought goes into this? Who develops this playlist? You know, it's like when you go to someone's house for dinner and they say, "I'll just put my playlist on," and you just sit there and think, "What is this?" Are you? Is this feedback for us? Is this when you come to our house? Or? Well, this may. <laughs> I'm going to be more conscious of this now when when Lee the music. Well, we have a we have a very different uh, taste range of taste in music, I guess. <laughs> I quite like a lot of the stuff you listen to. Borhan's playlist is Celine Dion, <laughs> Celine Dion, and Celine Dion. Yeah, look, his is different. Or, you know, Ibiza. Or Ibiza, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, yeah something yeah, from Celine yeah. Dion, beautiful, you know, Remixed romantic. In Ibiza. To Ibiza, um, <laughs> partying hard, three days straight music. Yeah. I'll go and I'll sit down, I'll have the treatment, the music will start. And with some of the songs, I've had to sit there and go, okay, the, I'm listening to the words and I'll start like singing it while I'm in there, like in my head I'm singing, going, trying to find that rhythm, that tune. What is this song? What's the name of this song? What's the name of this song? So once I complete the treatment, I then will say see you to the ladies and wish them a good night. Um, and then I will endeavour to recall the songs that I've listened to and I'll get my phone out and make a little audio note on there, which I'm pretty proud of. It's pretty technical for me. <laughs> See you later. See you tomorrow. Um, so John Cougar Mellencamp, Small Town, Ugly Kid Joe, Cats in the Cradle, and Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. <laughs> so That's fantastic. It's great listening to yourself, isn't it? Because yeah. I'm, I'm, as I'm leaving, to create a visual, I'm leaving this room at the end of a hallway... And I walk down to where 
admin is, but in between the room that I get treatment and admin, uh, a range of people getting uh, chemo via um, IV. So it's very different. And you're obviously mindful of, there's a lot of people that are in that space that aren't happy and are quite sad and, mm. and, and so forth. So for me to come out of there bopping away and going, hey, how good is it? I feel a little bit of um, I have to be mindful in that space. That yeah, fair enough. It's I mean, like it's unusual for someone to walk out and be like, hey, hey guys, and just like whispering to themselves. They're like, he's actually, he's genuinely lost his mind. I think yes. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. So how are we going to break this down? So let's go through this. What do you got? Have we got him in categories? In LA5, so my main room that I've been treated in, and I'm yet to find out, and I don't want to know yet who does the playlists, but I'm going to ask at the end at my last treatment. I want to know who does them. Yeah, I think it's important. But I've generally gone in there, and they've been good songs. There's been so many that have referenced points in my life or individuals where I've drawn positivity from and gone, and it's made that experience hence why I feel like a little bit attached to that space in that room. It's made that experience a good one because you think of, oh, yeah, uh, I think we spoke the other week about they played Pina Colada and it's a song that Rachel and I used to sing all the time and think it was a great song and put it on the jukebox at the Largs Pier. If you like Pina Colada Until I actually understood what the words are about and what the song was about. And it's like, it's probably, it's not a song that you should be like sitting there singing with your sister. What this is about, a, this is about a guy reading an advert in the paper, another woman advertising that she wants to cheat with somebody. I was tired of my lady, we'd been together too long, like a worn out recording. And um, so... Sitting there and sort of listening to to those songs can have that really positive effect on it. Effect, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What's the most inappropriate song that you've you've listened to? Um, so you wouldn't read about this, but tonight the first song that came on was Mariah Carey. I can't live. And the second one was Celine Dion, My Heart Will Carry On, um, which made me laugh again. Every night in my dreams, I see you, I feel you. And then it finished with um, Old Cher. Um, if I could turn back time. If I could turn back time. If I could find a way. I'd take back those so, words. So, um, finished with a good one, but choose the first couple. Wow, we. Just emotion sappers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those three, <clears throat> I remember that evening and, um, and again, you could, you can look at it and go, Oh, this is, oh, I'm just totally depressed. <laughs> but funnily enough, um, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, um, again, Borhan, 
I was going to say, I, I feel like two, the, two songs that he loves. He actually thinks he's highly sings appropriate. Like, yeah, and he thinks that he sounds genuinely 100%. like Celine. I think he's waiting for her um, season to finish in LA and he'll roll over and take you know that, over. But... You know that he bought two seats at her concert one time. No, three seats. He bought the two seats next to him. So he had space to so sing. So he had space because he wanted to sing. <laughs> he went on his own and he was like, I'm buying this. Two seats next to me, front, centre, ready to go. And people would try and sit there and excuse me, the seats, both these seats are taken. Thank you. For no one, but <laughs> no I'll one, them. For no one but me and my ego and my need to dance is All what right. it was. So it was quite funny sitting there and listening to that first one. I thought, uh, wow, wait, this is a... A ripper, like who's who's the nufty that chose these tonight? Yeah, and um, and, and then the second one came on, and and all the only vision I had in my mind is um, Jack and whatever her name is off of um, I bloody love Titanic. Titanic. Well, you do it. Yeah, I, I, I did when I was younger. I haven't, I haven't watched these. It's very long. It's very long, and yeah, it's I can't say it's one of my favorite movies, but. <laughs> Um, but who doesn't love Sher? I mean, at the end of it. That's the kicker, right yeah. at the end. I mean, she's me, 143, like, but who doesn't love her? But she still looks a, 20. When you were a young man, when I was a young man, and that song came out, Sher was probably 75 then, yeah. but just had 100 pegs pulling her skin Boy, back and just, she looked in shape. Yeah. But that song, on a massive Navy ship, I think she wore literally a seatbelt <laughs> um, and a black Leather jacket. Iconic. It's um, iconic. It's iconic. And it's and what, that song that makes you tap your foot and go, yes. And it was almost like, if I could compare it to a football match, we've had two really, really average quarters. And then all of a sudden that's come on and bang, you're back into it. And so it was a good way to finish. Um, but I did have a laugh at the first two songs. and um, I mean, Mariah Carey is amazing. Have you heard the, and I think I, she? I've shown it before. <laughs> she used to. <laughs> Do you know? Anyway, the, uh, what's her name? Um, there was that, I, the Australian Idol one, the Ken Lee. Have you seen oh, that Oh, Ken Lee, it's, yeah. It's, now the that is, like, <laughs> is iconic. It reminds me of a couple of the bars that we went to. Ken Lee. Did I tell you I've actually enlisted? Yeah, yeah I was going to say you. You At could 44. probably. You could actually be on shows next. Uh, next film clip that she does. I'd probably look older than her, to be honest, if I was on there. Yeah, so let's be honest, everyone does. Even I look older than she. But I'd, I'd challenge any man out there to say that they didn't get excited when you were watching Top Forty on a Saturday morning. How good was and that? And Cher came on with that song to not get excited about the visual effect of the song, and also it made you. Very rarely would I get up and sing a song like that with with gusto, but I would with that this one. This is your jam. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna crank that tune out next what Wednesday night once you've finished your final treatment. So there are a couple from the nineties. So there were the Spin Doctors and Two Princes, which was you know being a, a grunge kid of the nineties. Yeah. Um, not that it was really grunge, but it was one of those songs that came on at a club somewhere, and you were. 
just get you up and about and yeah. it was a it was a good song a good foot tapper so this is a favorite this is a bit of a classic for you yeah it just takes yeah. me back to the mid to late 90s where you think about you know the group your friendship group that i still have now from then um and the different venues that we would go to and and that that song would generally be played at some point in the evening usually around 2 a.m when everybody was just about to flop on the floor and all of a sudden the song like that would come on everyone be like putting in a fresh set of batteries into a remote control car you get up and going again and you're ready and and the bar gets another 50 bucks out of you so um right before you grab a kebab and head home yes so that was um that was one of my favorites elton john tiny dancer i just who doesn't love that track um So that was good. And I've got, and there's a Queen one in here. So um, as well, Somebody to Love. And I've never been an enormous Queen fan. I've, I've liked them. I didn't know enough about Freddie Mercury until I watched um, the movie that was recently released. Was oh, yeah, I haven't seen Rhapsody, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it good? Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't watched and it you yet. just and, and you watch him and, and there's a reason that I guess he's been... Um, spoken about as the you know one of the greatest, if not the greatest, front man of a band ever. Mm. He was phenomenal. Mm. Um, and thinking back to being young, used to listen to them quite a bit actually. And so there are a couple of um, uh, a couple of favourites in that space. There's um, there were the Dixie Chicks in there, which I think oh, yes. one of Sam's, which. Oh, can we call them Dixie Chicks because they've been no, renamed because it's politically the, the incorrect chicks or something? I think they're called now. The Chicks, I think. The, yeah, I think they're yeah. called the Chicks. I, I'm, I'm a big country fan. Which song yeah. was it? Yeah, which where? What song are you got? I think chick? it was the song. Now, uh, it was not ready to back down. Which I think is that the song they wrote about Donald Trump. Uh, uh, it was one of the? It was, yeah. I thought it was Trump or Bush or something like that. No, but it was just, about I, it, standing it was, up. Yeah, there was controversy over it. So I had a quick look now. The controversy erupted. Uh, 2003, it was um, one of the vocalists made comments about President Bush while performing in London in relation to the um, invasion of Iraq, and then it all yes, went yes, I knew all went in a little pear shape yeah. after that as a very quick mm. Wikipedia check. Synopsis. <laughs> the solid truth. Yeah, there were a couple of songs that were played that um, I guess uh, lead to um, uh, what's the most appropriate word to use <laughs> without just being blunt um, to being intimate intimacy. Ah, so it's just something that was reading your mind. Is that what this is? is oh, this, my do they mind, know what's... my loins. I don't know, <laughs> like every part of my body, but. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they played this song. Yes. Ah, uh, this should have been your inappropriate one, Chrissy. Well, it wasn't inappropriate because, again, as a as a youngster, dad <laughs> dad loved Chrissy Amphlett, okay. and she was one of those. She was an older lady when I was a younger guy, but she again, I think the way she sang, the way that she uh, um, oh look what she's singing about. that she was as a performer. There was something very. Uh, raw and sexual about her, I guess. So even as a young guy, Is you would be, yeah, The oh, Diviners. Nice. Chrissy Amphlett from The Diviners. Yeah. But anyway, that was one of those songs that reminded me of my childhood. 
Uh, and when you listen to it when you were younger, it was always funny because you were like... She, she passed away from a long battle with breast cancer. Oh, okay. Oh, there there you you go. Go. There's a nice little... There's a, there's a moment to, like, a little connection there. In terms yeah. Of- um, so hearing that and then thinking about my, my wife and... Um, <laughs> And again, she said to me last week, I can't believe you spoke about it again so good. on the podcast. Guess what, believe. Laura? We're talking about it again. But just, <laughs> Is this number three that we've spoken about? Parents out there everywhere will understand this, that um, when you have kids, the, the choice of when you are intimate, it's not yours anymore. It's almost like, well, I don't really feel like it. Opportunities arisen, so we have to take the opportunity. Rather than letting just emotion and the the moment takeover the moment is more than often ruined by a toddler dragging you around the room by your pants saying that they want a packet of chips or they want to watch something with you or whatever and it's so you know you've got to be opportunistic and it's hard, and it's really really hard and so but, but whilst you um, so many puns so many the, puns but let's, let's not go let's keep yeah. this pg yeah um but then you kind of accept it when you're going through that because you you understand it's part of becoming a parent that that, that is it's not on the table whenever you want it. Like you mean becoming a parent isn't sitting having a nice glass of red wine on a Friday night, a little takeout, and then see what happens as the night progresses. Abs- no, no, no not unless you've got wonderful kids that go to bed at six thirty and you know won't move. Yeah. So no, that doesn't um, it doesn't happen and. And you're okay with it to a degree because you know that, okay, well, we're just going to have to take our opportunities and yep. not going to be as much and so forth. And you try, you know, you've got to make an, an effort. So, and that's okay. But when you're told that it's, you can't, it's like, it's different. Okay. Almost builds uh, a little bit of anger in you. Like you're telling me, I can't. Okay, I'm, I'm, Mate, you don't want any anger. We've got to release the anger. So then it's like, I, would normally like every day I'd kiss Laura a number of times every day and um I'm one of those terrible partners that I always grab her bum in public and and so forth because I, I like her and um because I like her and uh because well, because yeah, I I love her <laughs> <laughs> because I because I like it. So I like lucky. that part of her I love her I like her bottom Oh, okay, she's got a very good. nice bottle. Anyway, um, she's good lord. I don't know. If, I think we've unleashed a demon here. She's what's your What's your me. What's your other song? And if you want love, oh, that's a bit nice. Oh no, that's not. See, I hadn't listened to the song in that manner. <laughs> no, I had love at the just, start. I went, oh, this is nice. No. Because well, I just hear what that song's about. Why, why have so many women been attracted to this? He wrote man? that song about Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh. So when he was seeing her, he wrote the song about her. And so 
the lyric is literally about him and her making love. Oh, so this, so this song. Oh, well, if John Mayer can sing yeah, about it, it's I about can talk about it. John Mayer making okay. love with Jennifer Love Hewitt. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Um, it sounds like the ladies who, or men, whoever it is that's making your. Uh, playlists at the hospital are uh, reading your mind and are equally as excited as you are for mm. uh, for the upcoming events. Yeah, and if I could just jump in, I think when that moment comes, uh, sorry to use that word, but mm. when that moment happens <laughs> in the next week with Laura, mm. you could possibly, I don't know, maybe because we've heard it in some of the audio that I'm about to play, you could sing to her. <laughs> I got you banging me for mercy, yeah, yeah, this will be. I got you banging me for mercy, yeah, yeah. That's so good. So I had to do that sometimes because I've got to keep the, I didn't know who the artist was and I can't just keep the words. I've got to, I've got to keep the tone or the rhythm in, not that there's any tone or no, rhythm in that, but there's. I have I mean, to, I have to keep singing. So as I'm walking down this hallway, and there's, there's and there's sick it. people on one side mm. that are, you know, not doing so well, and then there's nurses in this cram space trying to do their job, and then there's me like a halfwit. Got you banging me for mercy. <laughs> singing this, yeah. and I'm whispering it. But, Beautiful. Um, God, the tone, the melody. So there might be a career there for me. Do you know what? I actually, I think this is what this whole podcast was for. Was for this moment for you to shine. <laughs> Well, I mean, if Ken we, can do it. Let's just cut this and I think we'll send it straight over to Australian Idol. I reckon you'll go straight through to finals yeah, for that one. 100%. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's really amazing. So, uh, fantastic. I think what this says to me is, is, you know, it is a lot of fun to sit here and talk about, but it's also, I think it's the power of music, right? I, I, I wish we had someone right now that could get on here and talk about the power of music. Maybe that's something that we need to come back to and, 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 and engage in or we could even get some, some information about it and put it on the Instagram. But uh, for me, whilst we don't have the expert on music and the effects of it, as an individual who's experiencing uh, this, this challenge and, 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 again, like everything that's in this, these conversations that we keep having, it's about looking at the world. We can either look one way or look the other, right? We can look at how difficult and hard and horrible it is, but actually what we've done is we've sat here and we've talked about the music and you've made a real thing about it and it's, it's genuinely, it's, it's a lot of fun and it brings a lot of joy. And I truly believe that joy is, is part of the, the remedy, right? It's part of helping you get through such a difficult situation. So for you, what, like, what are the impacts for you? Why do you think it matters so much? What, what's been this connection to music? When I was a young boy, one of my one of the great joys for me, I guess, is um, I had I'm lucky that I have a really attentive father. So as a young um, boy, I was either in the backyard or out on the main street kicking the footy with dad, playing cricket, going for a run, um, whatever it might be. So I was always doing something physical and active and and all that sort of stuff, and. My stepmom and dad had very different choices in music. Dad's a big rock and roll fan, so um, loves rock and roll. Probably suits his demeanour. He's a strong guy, like, and just loved to tap his foot hard to music. And so, dad early on, I guess, wanted to influence me in the type of music that I listen to, and because I think it shapes your character kind of in a way. If you listen to certain music um so early on for me i would listen to you know acdc um 
there'd be status quo, there'd be Judas Priest, um, there'd be a whole range of rock and roll, like proper rock and roll, and then Aerosmith and just really, really great albums. And mum would go out and dad would say, you go and choose the album, so vinyl. So we would put an album on, we had an old Pioneer system, it was enormous, it pumped out the a huge volume. Like, it was just so loud, it was great. And we'd put ACDC on or, or whatever, and then we'd go to the front and kick the football. So for me, that was a kind of would set the tone or the mood for me for the day, and it would fill me with energy, and um, and that would set my Saturday or my Sunday or whatever the day was. So, and for me, rock and roll's always been that. Mm. Laura doesn't look at rock and roll that way. She thinks because it's heavy, it's like it comes from an evil place. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I've always looked at music and with two young kids I've probably had a reasonable period where I haven't put music on and turned it up loud mm. but I certainly do now and I, and I love it and um, and luckily for me when I've put ACDC on um, both my boys which I put on the other day and Jack instantly this is without being taught instantly the head was banging a hundred percent for someone like Jack proud yeah. proud dad moment I was like yeah. yes yeah yeah How much do you think it's like, was it nature versus nurture kind of thing? Because you say it's good to be exposed to it, you know, it's great, you should, but then I think you naturally gravitate to something that's a little bit more your rhythm, your beat, you know what I mean? Like I love fooies, for instance, because I grew up listening to them with you. Mm-hmm. And so now I'll listen to it and I do love it, but it won't be necessarily my go-to because that kind of like, dun, dun, dun. like I just, I don't operate in that manner as in, in terms of my own natural Different kind energy. of energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how much do you think is, is kind of that nature versus nurture piece? I respond to that type of music because uh, I guess my, my uncle Henry was up last week and um we were talking about Jack and I said, look, just be careful with Jack, my little boy, because he's, he's pretty rough and, um, and he's a bit of a ball. And he just laughed and he said, oh, where does that come from, I wonder? <laughs> Which was me as a young lad, you know, rough and tumbling, heavy-handed and just energy, always wanted to be doing something, playing something, getting dirty, getting rough. So for me, I guess that's why I have an affinity with rock and roll because that's that's the rhythm that it brings. That's mm. the the background that it comes from. Um, but then on the flip side, if I want to relax or feel, there's nothing better than listening to a bit of Frank Sinatra and some really good old school uh, music, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. or something along those lines that just mm. put you in a different different space absolutely i'm going to jump in because there is something as you know my background's radio yeah I was so there's something is called cool, uh, that we call when we're choosing music for a radio station which is called formative years okay so the formative years are normally between the age of 12 and 14 mm. what what year were you 12 and 14 i was born in 77 so 89 89 so what i'm going to do is i'm going to pick your favorite four songs from the chart in Australia in 1989. Oh, I reckon the choir boys are going to be in there. Well, you've just told me one of them. So, <laughs> so I can tell you straight away that the songs that you would have, that you would at least, they might not be your favourite songs, but they will be songs that you go, oh yeah, I love that, right? 
I'm going to be 500 miles from the Proclaimers. Uh, absolutely. My stepmom, Scottish. Um, yeah, we used to sing that song madly. One this hit one. Number five. If I could turn back time, sure. Yes. yes. See, this is why. Alice Cooper, Poison. Oh, Alice Cooper, <laughs> rock legend. 1927, if I could. Love 1927. Not sure what else they did beyond. They had one album. Each. Yeah, but it was a great. It was a great <laughs> album. Very eighties. Yeah, lots of synthesizers. And... So, and the same would be for you. So, yeah. formative years between the age of twelve and fourteen. Yeah. You obviously. So that's the nature part. Yeah. Like. Yeah. The nurture part is then looking at the style of person you are. So, if I did that same test on you, I would go to who you are first. So what I know about Luke, but then I would look at... Well, we can play the game if you want. What year were you born? Uh, I was 88, so that would make it 2000 for so, 12. Wow. So well, you 2000, are, 2002. Okay, so I reckon one of them would be Bomb Funk MCs, Freestyler. Yeah, solid. Rock Always come on. Yeah, <laughs> even, yeah. even you're excited. What a track. What a track. Now, I'm only going for the style of person I know you as now. Yeah, right. To go, what shaped you... To, to get here. Well, that was always at the old discos, you know, the old blue light discos. I'm going to say Sam and A from Destiny's Child. 100%, yeah. Right. Probably why I'm gay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shackles, Mary Mary. 100%. That was always at the discos. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, right. So 12 to 14, formative years. That's 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 had the most impact on it, and then naturally just who then you are as an individual. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Because I look at that and I think those songs definitely are part of what forms. You know, I can look at that and have an immediate connection to it, know it, and you, you know, you you can see that. But then there's to your point what you kind of grew up with. So what your dad had kind of made you listen to, like for instance, John Farnham. How much did I grow up with John Farnham listening to John Farnham because my mum or John Denver? God, I'm sorry, but I just always turn John Denver off. But I can I can I can appreciate them. Do you know what I mean? Like I I look at it now and you I know every song. Appreciate John De- like not Denver like exactly. Farnham. Yes. Far- well, it's, I mean Johnny, just do one last tour. Just one more. He's <laughs> he's one of the greatest voices. He is. He's iconic, of, mate. But I know the joy that I got from listening to rock and roll. Mm. And for me, it's a. Uh, it's that, again, it's that energy, it's that feeling, it's that drive that it gives you, it makes you feel like if you listen to it. I would listen to Guns N' Roses every single Saturday before I walked to football. Every single Saturday. Because it would get me ready to want to run through a brick wall. It would set the tone for me. I would be just ready to get down and dirty. So for me, I, I kind of want my kids, I don't want to find out in you know in a couple of years that the boys are... I actually, we've spent too much time with Uncle Borhan and we're mad on Celine Dion. Oh, <laughs> Mate, would break they're my allowed heart. to do whatever they want. Look, if, if Gaga's away, Gaga's away. I can't help that. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> but the music that's played within the four walls of our house is determined by Dad. That's how I grew up. Basically, we'll teach them, look, when yeah. Dad's around, just play fooies. All right, yeah. just do that. Just It's all right, mate. You can come and hang out with us if you need to. Oh, I love rock and roll. Oh, too good. I got you banging me for mercy, yeah, yeah. This will be. I got you banging to, uh, me for mercy. Lead. You can get him on one eight hundred. I can sing a lot. Uh, beautiful mate. Thank you for sharing your beautiful voice with us today, and your uh, joy of music. Yeah, I'll be at the Hammo during the week playing. So <laughs> come along and and listen to me, and I'll just build out my playlist. Bloody beautiful mate. Yeah.